Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching and listening to Game Time Decisions. Get on the grid, Sports Grid, SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. We're going to make it the loudest station in the nation. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down with a raging red. Cam Stewart, we're talking NFL uh, draft. Uh, we're going to get to your uh, questions uh, at Sports Rage on Twitter, at Sports Rage. That's where you can find me. You can find Cam at uh, Cam Stewart live. Uh, we've got a lot of questions about the draft and uh, some other uh, loose ends. Uh, Mike Blewett will step up and in in a couple of minutes. We'll talk NFL football uh, with Mike Blewett, who hosted the uh, NFL draft coverage uh, with uh, SportsGrid. We'll, uh, we'll break down the NFL draft uh, with uh, Blewett. Uh, but I told you guys earlier, uh, we have odds out already for the uh, offensive um, uh, rookie of the year, defensive uh, rookie of the year. Uh, not a surprise, but uh, let's, uh, let's hit the numbers here. Joe Burrow, plus 250. Joe Burrow is a favorite to be the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, plus 250. We're always looking for value, so that's not the value. Hilaire, Edwards Hilaire is plus 800. Tua is plus 800. Mm. Yeah, yeah. DeAndre like Swift. So far, that's the one that catches my. I'm getting oh. two at plus 900. Are you kidding me? Here's the thing, right? So Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, sure, it's going to get better for them, but you're giving me almost four times the value there. Um, I got to go with Tua. You're giving me over eight to one with Tua. The Dolphins are going to be a much better team. Yeah, he's Fanduel a grinder. plus eight hundred right That's now. That's a great Tua. price. I, I I'd like to bet that as we speak. DeAndre Swift is plus nine hundred, nine to one. Hilaire is plus eight hundred on the Kansas City Chiefs. He could put up some big numbers. Now they still have Damian Williams. They're not going to push him out of the way completely. It's going to be a running back by committee there. So no value on Joe Burrow plus two fifty. Hilaire is uh, plus eight hundred. Tua. Plus 800 right now. DeAndre Swift, plus 900. Jonathan Taylor, plus 950. Mm. Jerry Judy, 13 to 1, plus 1300. C.D. Lamb. We didn't talk about C.D. Lamb. What do you think about him going to the Cowboys? Yeah, no, I, I like C.D. Lamb. It's just, uh, it just interesting. Dallas was in a need for them. Yeah. Other than Cooper. That just to have another guy, it's going to make things things a lot better. I would have gone also. Dallas needed some more uh, picks on the defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of things going on there. It's and we talked about the one issue, Gabe. Uh, basically, Dak Prescott and uh, Ezekiel Elliott got to get on the same page. There's a lot of things about Dallas. You said it was you know part J- Jason Garrett's problem, but uh, there was some miscommunication with that team. But I like C.D. Lamb a lot. Um. You know, I think there's value with Tua at plus 800. Oh, yeah, it's Compared to Burrow at plus 250. Uh, Hilaire is plus 800. Tua is plus 800. Jonathan Taylor could have a nice year, but I don't know if he gets the ball enough to be rookie of the year. Jerry Judy, wide receiver, going to be uh, you know, going to be pretty tough uh, to win that. Dobbins won't get the ball enough. So, really, we're looking at Burrow, Hilaire, and Tua. I think, they're, 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 I think they got it right as far as the favorites uh, are concerned. But it's a nice number for Tua right now, plus 800. Yeah, that would be my first bet. And my second bet would be Dobbins out of all those guys because you're going to a good team like the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Ingram's getting, uh, you know, a little bit uh, long in the tooth. He might get more opportunities uh, than you think. He's very, very scary in the open field, the ability to break tackles. But Tua and him, to me, that's the best two value plays on the board. I love the Tua pick versus Burrow. Uh, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, odds courtesy of FanDuel, New Jersey. Uh, FanDuel, Chase Young, plus 350. Isaiah Simmons, plus 850. Uh, AJ Espinessa, Buffalo Bills, who we talked about earlier, 13 to 1. So it goes to show how good he is that the odds makers yeah. have him as the third pick. Guys, think about that. He's a second round draft pick, and they have him as the third pick to be the defensive rookie of the year. That's how good he is. Patrick Queen, like that pick uh, by the Ravens a lot. Patrick Queen, 17 to 1. Okuda, 21 to 1. Kenneth Murray, 21 to 1. You know who my pick will be here, Cam? Not Chase Young at plus 350. Isaiah Simmons, plus 850. I like that pick, Isaiah Simmons, he can shine on that defense. They don't have a lot of stars on that defense, right? He's a hybrid player. He's going to be flying around, making tackles, interceptions, sacks. I think he can make a name for himself and stand out. 
Because a lot of these, they're all good. But as for said, the Bills are good as a defense as a whole. It's not like Correct. he's going to be a superstar on a team. He's going to be another guy on the defense that's already elite. Isaiah Simmons is a star player joining a bad defense. Like, I think he can not have a Khalil Mack type year, but even as a rookie, I think he can, Cam. Like, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Simmons had like eight sacks and a bunch of tackles and, you know what I mean, and is the best defensive player on their team. Well, I can tell you one thing. I like great bets. At the eight to one number or plus 850, that's caught my attention big time. Tua Simmons, it seems a good yeah. place to show. Those would be my two bets. If you're going to give me one other guy, because of the situation that you talked about, I'll go with Akuda of the Lions. I think that is a very good price, and he's a guy that can make an impact too. Uh, but I really like Simmons at eight to one, and I like Tua at eight to one. Those are uh, bets I'd make. All right. Yeah. Speaking of Tua, we got a question here actually from uh, from Goodfella, Goodfella, Goodfella Two on uh, Twitter, because, yeah, Goodfellow, you're not going to be yeah, able to get that, yeah. that name. Yeah, Goodfellow. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, shout out to Goodfellow. Uh, what do you guys think about Tua? Over under, over under rushing touchdowns for Tua this year, set at five. Over. You know, he's not, he's not like the, he's not really like a scrambling quarterback. Tua. No. Like he can. He's kind of fast, but he's really a pocket passer, this kid. He is, but at the goal line, Miami. Yeah, but too, still, it's not a lot of, of you know. Yeah, I think he can it's get a reasonable like, number, right? Yeah, like I could see him getting a rushing touchdown, like I've had a couple in one game if he gets really hot. Five seems low. I think he can probably get like seven or seven, eight. So I would lean to the over with that pick. But you're right, he's not a total like not Lamar Jackson type of guy. But at the goal line, we'll see some bootlegs and some stuff, and he might break a couple for touchdowns. It's not like he's slow. So I would lean over with that play. I gotta tell you, everybody that sent us tweets with questions, no one has a normal name. Like uh, we're getting a lot of like, it's not the regulars either. Like we got guys I don't even know uh, some of these dudes. Like every guy's got a weird, a good handle here, Cam. So we got good three fella two. So it's like good fella three, but with like a two at the end. We got another dude dude here, Wu Dizi. Wu Dizi, I remember his name, but yeah. his Twitter handle is. Vuddy did not play. <laughs> we got Frankie two time one. Frankie two time. We got time. another guy, the El Duque. Yeah, El Duque? It might be El Duque. No, no, yeah. but it's El du D U K E Y. Oh, El Duque. El Duque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duque. Okay, Duque. All right, Duque. so uh, you go by Franks, too. All right, whatever. I just love these handles. They're none of them are easy. <laughs> uh, so he asked, what do you what do we what do we think about the Patriots quarterback situation? Um, and are the Patriots trying to tank for Tua uh, um, or try to tank for Trevor like the Dolphins were tanking for Tua? No. And no, they're not going to be like that. And I'm telling you, I'm a Bills fan. And everyone's handing the Bills the division right now. It's not going to be that easy, guys. Like the Patriots are still going to be a load to deal with. And I brought it up earlier, Cam. I don't know what your opinion and uh, your take on this is, but like they didn't get flashy on offense. They didn't bring anyone in really. And what this tells me, and they stocked up on defense even more, what this tells me is the Patriots, bro, they're going to hand the football off. For all you fantasy guys out there, and I tell you what, and I'm one of them, Sonny Michelle will be on my team, bro. This guy's going to get the rock a lot. Yeah, not just that. They're yeah, going to play running, smash-mouth, low-scoring games, bro, the Patriots. They already did last year. Remember yep. a lot of their games? Like they, and Cam, they... how much worse can our offense get anyways? Their offense sucked for two years anyways. Their de and their defense is underrated and be better than people think it is. So it's kind of an interesting situation. I do agree with Michelle. They're obviously not tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, if one team was going to tank for Trevor Lawrence, I thought it would be the Chicago Bears. Mitch Trubisky hasn't gotten better at all. They need a quarterback to change. Their defense is good, but it's not going to be good Lawrence forever. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, bro. Yeah, it kind of makes <laughs> – hey, it makes sense. That's uh, why that's Lorenzi's lock of the draft <laughs> next year already. Jaguars. I just, I just think the Bears need to do something at quarterback because they have good parts, and Trubisky's obviously not getting any better. All right, Jerry T asked a very good question. Which of these uh, wide receivers landed in the best uh, spot for them to succeed? And that's a good question because it's all about uh, it's all about where you land. Um, what are Jerry, the options? I'd say Jerry Judy. Okay. Well, like so, who are the wide receiver? Where do the wide receivers go? Who's who's going to be able to step in and thrive in in, in a perfect spot here, Ken? I don't know, Gabe. I'm st I'm starting to think about, uh, uh, yeah, Jefferson. Uh, good call, Bucci on Jefferson. All what what about two? Our boy from USC, Pittman in Indianapolis. I think that yeah. could be a good spot. 
TJ T.Y. Hilton's uh, often injured. He could really step up, and if he's ready to go, I think that's a great uh, move. Philip Rivers and him can get some chemistry. Uh, those are the two. I, I yes, I, I agree with Pucci with Jefferson. I like that pick too to Minnesota. Um, Pittman, Cam, it's a very good call. Like, who's going to come in and sort of be the man, right? Pittman not going to be the man, but he's going to make some plays. I think Jerry Judy though. I'm going to say Jerry Judy. I'm going to say Judy. I think Judy will be the best guy right away, Ken. Like, he's better than Sutton already, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, Jerry Judy runs NFL caliber routes, guys. This guy is polished, bro. Like, he's polished. Like, he's he's going to step on the field right away. I'm going to go with Judy. I, I like where you're going with that. Jefferson's in a nice position where there's not a lot of pressure on Jefferson either. Yep. Right? Like, he can just sort of ease into the offense uh, there. Um, I tell you what, man. John Lynch is a great GM. And he is. He gets better I, all the time. I think in San Francisco, bro. I think this kid could have some success there. I think that's a good fit for him. Yeah, John Lynch is just finding ways to get extra picks, you know, make, make other teams time, do huh? the thing. No, I'm scared. Like, as a Seattle fan, I hate to say it, San Francisco is going to be topping that division for a while now. He's like with Danny around. in basketball. Don't deal with him. No, he fleeces Like, you. basically, like, he's almost like Satan. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but... You know what I mean? Like you only deal with the devil if you invite him into your, you know, into your life type stuff, right? Come on, come on, and, devil. Let's have and a it's drink. like Lynch just kicks back, and it's funny yep. because I talked about it before the draft. There was a picture of Lynch, and all the GMs were showing like their rooms, right, where they were going to do it. Lynch was like ready to go, and yep. it was crisp. Cam, he just had a desk. He had two monitors up with TV screen, two monitors that he could see things. He had three laptops in front of him, like little mini laptops. And he had three phones. No one had phones, Ken. No one. I didn't notice that he had landlines. So like, like office, sort of like business phones. And he had three of them. And they were all lined up, one in front of each laptop. And I didn't see that with anybody. And I tweeted. said, looks like a guy that's ready to deal. Yeah. Right? Like he's ready. All right. This is my number, guys. You know, he puts it out there to everyone, right? Here's the hotline. You, 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 you know? And every year, someone calls him and just gives him a free pick. To yeah, move up or back down what he's like, all right, I'll get a, give me a free fourth rounder. Sure, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm with you. Don't deal with this guy. He's sharp. He'll burn you. Like, don't play poker with John Lynch. Like, he's going to steal everything you got. Next thing you know, he owns a deed to your house. I don't need, uh, you don't want to deal with San Francisco right now. I, I I don't know, man. It's just, uh, yeah, that team's scary, Gabe. They're, they they did very, very good things, and they always find a way to get more for less. Uh, Theodore, he's a regular uh, viewer and listener. Shout out to Theo. Thanks for the kind words, uh, Theo. He said, which, uh, which Canadian team that, uh, that uh, folded or moved, was relocated, deserves to be back? The Expos, the Nordiques, or the Grizzlies? And for me, I'd say Cam, two. Two out of three. Yeah, I'd say, and, uh, I'd say and the Nordiques. Nordiques. I so agree. Like, Grizzlies. One, number one is the Nordiques. They got, they got hosed in Quebec. Dude, they have a beautiful arena that's already built. They would sell out every game. They have money. Like, there's not... It's a, it's an ATM machine. I don't know why they're not in Quebec City right now. Uh, I don't know why they're not back yet. I Listen, I love the Expos, as you guys know. But bring the Expos back, it'll be a battle again. Like, you know what I mean? You'll have to hustle to sell tickets. They better get good, right? It's not like free money. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah. But the Grizzlies can. That's an untapped market right now. There's a ton of Vancouver's an affluent city. Uh, It's on the West Coast. It's an international city. There's no reason why there shouldn't be an NBA team in Vancouver. I'll tell you why, though. And Seattle. Yeah, that's my ding, ding, ding. You'd hit the nail on the head, and I love Vancouver, too. You know, you got your uh, brother living there. I love it. It's one of my favorite places to go in Canada. Uh, I love it, Gabe. But this is the thing. Seattle gets a team first. People talking about that situation. With the key, with all the things that happen there, Seattle. I would love to see both teams too. I'm I'm agreeing with you. Like Portland is the team of the Northwest. That's all they got. And then you have to go all the way south to Sacramento. That's a lot of space. Like, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the NBA doesn't like the Pacific Northwest. No, it's they, not no. like in our heads. It's true. And it's not like oh, they don't like Canada. No, no, they no, screwed Seattle. They just hate too. everybody. And look, Vancouver in, in and Seattle West. right beside each other. Yeah. They're like, you know what? Screw this part of the country. We don't care. <laughs> They're like, which makes no sense. I know it's weird, because basketball's popular on the West Coast. That's the but thing. I, it's like I went to Grizzlies games when I was working for my brother, and they still had fans when they had Tony Massenburg as like their best player. Like, like people don't understand. Like, 
This team, Big Country Reeves and the guys they were rolling out, who was their best player? Mike Bibby? Those those teams were horrible, man. And, and they still tried. They tried their best. Like, no offense, sorry, Memphis, but the Vancouver Grizzlies were, if you gave them a team, that place would have been sold out every single time. All right, Kev, we've got to uh, we've got to get you on Marenzi on Filter the Podcast sometime. Yeah, my phone's uh, busted, so I got I could do it by computer, I guess. My phone, uh, I can oh, only really? hear people. I can't talk, so that's great. <laughs> so now, now I got to go out and buy a new phone during this thing because I don't have a plan. It's just the bills uh, just keep on coming. Phone stores aren't even open. Uh, I know that's the thing. I the think thing you, you got to order. Me too. I got to get a new phone myself. It's what am I going to do? Legs. I was thinking, what I got to order one? How do I even or, get a new phone? Or I could go down to Chinatown, and you know where it is down in Toronto, and deal with those guys, and uh, they'll probably take me to the cleaners uh, during today's market. So I might have to order something uh, from Samsung overseas. Yes. Something I wanted to get to <laughs> with you. And uh, Mike Bloor will join us in a couple of minutes. We'll get back to the NFL uh, draft talk. Uh, but something I want to get to you, Ken, you and I both agreed. We're not into this simulation stuff and people betting on simulated NBA games and all this. Listen, I get drunk and bet on a virtual horse race every now and then. or like, But it's different. Like Bet365 has this virtual stuff. It's 60 seconds, Ken. Yeah, It's I like know. a mini soccer game. You get three kits each. Each team, like three rushes, and you just hope you score or don't score. It's like crack, you know, it's like crack for gamblers type thing. I but bet on an NFL sim for the you first did? time ever. Yeah, and I won. I took the Carolina Panthers plus seven against Kansas City. Game went to overtime. Yeah, I had a couple <laughs> drinks. It was actually last night. It was my first sim bet, and did I won. Did you watch the game? Yeah, I did. I watched the game till halftime, and then I, you know, I was just kind of like taking it easy. I had to go do some stuff for my folks. But, yeah, I'm going to tell you something, though. Here's the bottom line, guys, with sims. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Like Kansas City was driving, there's a fumble. I don't care how many times you put that in the computer. So basically, yeah, you just took the underdog, right? Yeah, but, yeah, but I, what I believe yeah. is, if there's too much money on one side, take the underdog in the sim. Like that's. But how about this for a sim? Mm -hmm. The Kentucky Derby. Interesting. So the, the Kentucky Derby guys, they were one of the first sports uh, events to shut it down. They didn't play around. They were like, listen, we're going to do it in September, but. Instead of like not having anything on 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 the Kentucky Derby Saturday, they're gonna have a simulated virtual race broadcast on the network. The the play-by-play the -play guys, the track announcers, and the whole nine yards. Except it's a cool concept, Kev. The 13 triple crown winners. So it's not a simulated race of the horses that are gonna be here. It's basically like Secretariat affirmed Seattle Slough. Well, like the 13 triple crown winners, but I brought up the podcast and we had our boy Lynch, legendary Lindsay on and he goes, secretary, it's going to be like one to nine. Like he's just better. That's, than what, that's why Lindsay's the man. I was going to say the same thing or Seattle slew in an exacta box, but yeah, secretary is going to murder them. <laughs> it's not right? even a race. <laughs> so if he's racing, I'm not, yeah, put him in exotics. We'll go over all the horses. It'll be fun. Actually, this is something I'm into. I'm looking forward. I want to see the odds. I haven't seen any odds up uh, yet for this, but we'll definitely uh, get into it. Uh, that's Marenzi Unfiltered, the podcast. Uh, check it out on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Pharrell. Uh, Pharrell on the Bench has a podcast as well. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Moretti throwing it down as the National Football League draft is done. Let's bring in a man that's as uh, worn out and as tired <laughs> as uh, National Football League Commissioner Roger Goodell. As Goodell started off uh, on his feet, and then uh, finally uh, by midway through uh, Friday night, he was sitting down in the Lazy Boy, but at least he was leaning forward, and then he just he, he, couldn't, uh, he couldn't hide it. He was kicked back. He reminded me of my grandfather falling asleep on the couch uh, <laughs> watching golf. And I grew up in the 70s with my grandfather on Sundays. And even into the 80s, when I was a teenager, um, either I'd live with my grandparents or I was close with them and I'd go back every Sunday and watch yeah. NFL with my grandfather That's or cool. sports. But he'd always turn it to the golf. And this is a Lee Trevino, you know, the Golden Bear Day. Johnny right? Miller. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, the 70s NBC golf and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'd be in the middle of a football game. And, but it was like clockwork, Mike. He'd always fall asleep. I'd hear him yeah. snoring. He'd be asleep in the, in the chair. I'd go back to, like, to the giant game or the bill game. And he'd wake up, hey, put it back on a golf. 
I'd be like, come on, man, golf, really? There's It's NFL football. And it was it's a, a good Sunday for him, though. Yeah, yeah, it was like a battle every Sunday. Put it back on the golf. I just want to see the next hole. I just want to see the next hole. Uh, but you did a great job. Uh, you. you were hosting on uh, Sports Grid. But I got to tell you, man, um, Dane looked like he was on a bender. He hadn't slept in like 16 days. Like I don't Dane, think he has. Dane had like, Dane Martinez of Sports Grid had the look on his face like he was fighting it. Like he, it was almost like, you know, when you're consciously trying to keep your eyes open. You, you were okay. You were slowing down a little bit, but you had big bags under your eyes and stuff. You looked pretty, pretty beaten down. And Ariel, to her credit, I guess she's just young. She looked the same the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I, look, to, to Dane's credit, he does a lot of work behind the scenes for us as well. He gets up early, so uh, taking it all the way to midnight and beyond is a little tough. Look, I, I, I did a lot of prep for it, obviously. Uh, I hope we got the information across in the manner that we needed, but... Yeah, those, those draft shows are more mentally exhausting than any of the other shows that I do. There's just a lot of information coming in and out. So uh, by the end of it, I'm not surprised I look worn out. All right, so I asked people on, um, I asked people on uh, Twitter, at uh, SportsRage. Uh, that's my uh, Twitter uh, handle, at SportsRage. So I asked uh, people, who did, you, uh, who did you think had the, uh, the best draft? And... Um, you know, we're getting a lot of feedback about this. So before I start to rattle off uh, some of the teams that people uh, threw at us, I'll ask you first. So we get an unbiased, untarnished opinion first from our guest, Mike Blewett. Yeah. Um, who, do, who, do, who, uh, who stands out to you as sure. far as um, the selections? Yeah, obviously it's not a, an entirely complete picture. And I think sometimes you have to uh, compare this in accordance with the free agency signings that they had. But... Right now, uh, I would say a few teams stand out to me. Uh, I think the Jets did a nice job uh, for this reason. They made a couple of trades back. I think we all would agree that the Jets have a, a little bit of a ways to go on this roster. And coming into the week with seven picks and uh, leaving with a 10 and possibly more uh, is an upgrade. Plus, they got a player that they wanted in Becton, and they got another player that they wanted in Denzel Mims, um, and it continues. So I give them uh, two very some credit. fast athletic um, um, guys that they get um, in, in Mims and the uh, the safety out of Cal as well. Ashton uh, Davis. Ashton Davis, a former track star. I'm surprised that Mims fell so much. I've also, you know, the, the James Morgan, a Captain Morgan pick out of FIU's. I, you know, there was talk about the Patriots and the Colts sort of quarterback guru type of teams that look to uh, to mold a James Morgan type. Interesting that he ends up uh, with Adam Gase, but it goes to show something that this kid has something that that smart coaches like as far as Morgan is concerned. A quarterback, kid played at Bowling Green, and then he transferred to, yeah. uh, to, uh, to FIU. But, man, I was surprised to see Mims' prop, and a lot of people, a lot of mock drafts, and listen, credit to the mocksters out there, you can't. We can't mock the mocksters, Mike. They did a good job. It was pretty bang on. Um, they were they were more correct this year than in, in past years. But Denzel Mims is one guy they got wrong. I Mims agree. was one guy that you saw at the back end of the first round in a lot of mock drafts, and uh, you know was nowhere close to being uh, back end of the first round. But he falls. He'll have a chip on his shoulder. Why did he fall so much? Uh, it's a good question, I, and I think he's p potentially this year's DK Metcalf, right? DK Metcalf was kind of all over mock draft boards last year from the first round, falling all the way down to the end of the second round. That's Denzel Mims this year. A combine freak, too, right? Yeah, so Metcalf, well, Metcalf, of course, is the dude that's like ripped like crazy yeah. uh, from, um, from Mississippi. But a lot of times the rip guys or the combine star doesn't pan out. Yeah. Like John Ross lit the combine up, right, sure. with his speed. Uh, Metcalf freaked people out. And I got to be honest, I thought, I was like, guys, Metcalf looks the part, but he wasn't even the best wide receiver on his team, no. uh, to be honest. I still don't even think he, he may necessarily be. A.J. Brown had an excellent exactly. year as well. Yeah, uh, but, but Metcalf made some big plays. He lived up to the hype. Of course. I think he had and a great then, season. And then Denzel Mims lit it up at the combine. Yes. Like, you know, he, you know, everything they asked him to do, boom, 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 fast, crisp. Yes. And this kid can go up in one-on-one -on -one and get balls. That's one thing about him. He's got that sort of nature that he can go up there and get a football. He's blazing fast. And he's a good kid as well. It's yes. funny because a lot of people that were talking about Philadelphia for him, 
And he talked about how he went to Philadelphia. I think um, they played a game there. <laughs> yeah. He said basically how it scared him. Right? <laughs> and like some people know all these guys. And he goes, man, I never seen something like Philly, man. We were driving into the stadium, man. And he was like, I ain't seen stuff like that where I'm from. Yeah. And so, he's sort of like, he's a, he's a good kid. He's just yeah. like, he's a kid that he's an athlete. Yeah. Look at six, three, two, oh, and the four threes, you're going to take that sort of combination every time. So I'm not sure why he fell in comparison, but I, I wouldn't be scared away from the jets. That was one of the guys that they were rumored to get and, and they end up with him. So I, I think they did a nice job another team that so I, this I think, story, let me just sort of yeah. before you move on to another team. Yeah, so, yeah. so Jamal Adams, how long can this go on for? I it's, don't know. That's it's a clearly, good it's a marriage gone bad, Mike, right? It, yeah. Like, And now they, they draft a player that plays the same position. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you feel, though, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Do you feel they've really done a disservice to Jamal Adams? No, I don't know what his problem is. I, I agree. I, I, I don't really know. They went six I, and two down the stretch as well. Like, what yeah. about buying in? He always talks about being a leader and a winner and stuff. How about yeah. shutting up and leading and winning? I just right? don't understand why he... I mean, I get that he wants a long-term extension. Everybody wants a long-term extension. They just drafted him a couple of years ago. So they'll work on the extension when it's time to work on the extension. Not everybody gets their deal reworked two years into their and career. It's, it's, like, rare. it's not like he's on a team. Like, it's not like you're on the Jaguars, bro, or something. Yeah. Number one, you're in New York. Number two, they've got a franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold. I'm not the biggest Sam Darnold fan, but whatever. He's played well. If you protect him, he'll play well. You've got Lev Bell. You just drafted Denzel Mims. You've already got a decent defense. I think it comes down to the coach and Adam Gase. I yeah. just think that him and he just doesn't like Adam Gase. Yeah. And you and I both know we've talked about this a lot. And anybody knows, you look at the track record of Adam Gase going back to Miami. Look at Adam Gase and even going back to Denver, actually, if you remember. Mm -hmm. um, he was the one that stated, it's not our offensive line, it's the quarterback. That's why we get so many sacks. I'm tired of the O-line getting ripped. And he was right, but it was a surprise that he threw the quarterback out of the bus at the time. Yeah. But if you look at Adam Gase's track record, he doesn't get along with star players. He doesn't get along with, you look at the track record, Jarvis Landry, you know, big beef with Jarvis Landry. Jay Ajayi, he famously stated, all he does is try to score touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. And he was siding with Ryan Tannehill. He was, uh, he was siding with Ryan Tannehill in a, in, a, in a place where Ryan Tannehill was not perceived as popular within the locker room. Now, they were wrong. And, you know, Tannehill's Tannehill a good quarterback. Tannehill was coming around under Gase, Mike, but he got hurt. I know. I know. And, and Gase backed him up. But then remember all those stories about Tannehill maybe not being popular with the with the other guys in the locker room. So, look, I, the one thing I do know about Adam Gase is he loves to churn a roster over. He was doing that in Miami in a huge way. And they're doing it again here in New York. Our producer Martino and I were talking uh, right before I went on air. And he said it's the most calm he's been during a draft uh, in uh, over 10 years. And I think that's because people believe that Joe Douglas can actually do the job uh, irrespective of what Gase's influence is. All right, so who are some of the other teams uh, that you were going to bring up? I think Minnesota. I think the board fell pretty nicely for them. They traded around, got some additional assets. So I, I like where Minnesota ended up. I'm a fan of Justin Jefferson. Uh, they also have Gladney, Ezra Cleveland, Cam Dantzler. So yeah, a few yeah. other names that are recognizable. And the last one I'd throw out uh, is Denver. Uh, they are going after it. They've surrounded Drew Locke with as many weapons as possible. Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler. Uh, they pick up Albert O. from Missouri. So additional weapons there for Drew Locke. I just think it worked out nicely for them. I don't know that they leap to the, anywhere near the top of their division, uh, but I thought they've done a nice job so far. And if you look at the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings and, and the Buffalo Bills, I think it's a deal that, that works out for both football teams. Um, you talk about marriages gone bad. It was pretty clear, Stephon Diggs. And, you know, we find out after the fact, him and Zimmer went at it pretty good a couple of times. <laughs> like, it wasn't just Kirk Cousins. I guess Stephon Diggs left after a game once. He didn't stick around for the the talk. Yeah. He split out of frustration. So Whatever. He didn't leave, like, the field. He got dressed and he split. Yeah, yeah. And Zimmer basically stated he quit on you guys. He doesn't care about I can't about imagine you. a guy, a coach that would find that less appealing than Mike Zimmer of any uh, can coach. Can you in the imagine him league. looking up? Where's Stefan at? Right. Right? And people, I don't know. Like, ah, oh, he <laughs> took off. <laughs> well, you know what, though? If you're a coach, sometimes you got to say, all right, all right. 
the mental note, I'm going to talk to him in the office this week about this and say, bro, you can't do that. Like, just come on. You know what I mean? As opposed to in front of everybody. Oh, he's an effing quitter. He doesn't, he doesn't care about you guys. Zimmer told him that a few times. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like high school, right? This stuff, right? You know, man, that somebody called Diggs after and said, dog, man, he said that you don't care about us even. Yeah. And then, so of you course. know where... <laughs> They're better friends with Stephon Diggs than they are with Mike Zimmer. He's the exactly. boss. Exactly. They're going to be like, who's the one to score the touchdown, coach? Right? Like, uh, I'd bring that up. I mean, who's the one that, like, saved the you know, scored the touchdown saved you? But anyways, so it, listen, it was it goes both ways. Of it goes both ways. But hey, you play with Kirk Cousins, and uh, you, you tell me what your mood's like, too, if you're a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. So, so Stephon Diggs goes to Buffalo. Buffalo trades the pick. And... I think Stephon, right now, if you're the Buffalo Bills, Jefferson doesn't help you as much as Stephon Diggs does. Right. The Bills need a veteran player. I think Diggs is better than any of these wide receivers. Maybe down the road they're better. And then if you're the Vikings, you turn around and you replace Diggs with, with Jefferson. Got to like what they did there. Totally agree. And I, and I like I said at the onset of this segment, uh, it is really important that you're utilizing the draft and free agency to make a complete picture because you can look at the Bills yeah. and say, well, they're not adding that many players uh, over the course of draft weekend. It's like, well, yeah, they signed Mario Addison and Vernon Butler and traded for Stephon Diggs and signed Josh Norman and Quinton Spain. Like, they signed eight well, or nine different players. the message sent by the Bills, it's win now. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like, you know, if not this year, next year, but this this team now. This is the two to three yeah. year window. Josh Allen's still on his rookie deal. They'll give him his fifth year option. And that's your window to win. Uh, have to like the pickup of uh, of Zach Moss. I do um, like it. Putting putting him in a backfield with Devin Singletary, and it's no disrespect uh, to Devin Singletary. And I get that it would upset some players. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't get the I don't get getting another uh, running back for uh, for Aaron Jones uh, in um, in Green Bay. That's that's another story. But no, that doesn't make any sense to me. I yeah, guess. it's like the teams are differently built, but the Bills. They only have Singletary. You, he's not a guy. You need more guys. And you see, winning teams have multiple backs. Mm -hmm. Winning teams have multiple backs. And you need, you know, some teams have three backs even. Uh, we see. Now, you don't want to get carried away because, you, you know, guys get cold. We see San Francisco. We saw in the playoffs, Shanahan got a little too cute, yeah. right, as, as the playoffs went on about who he gives the football to. But as you stated, the Bills, they just have to pick their spots right. It's not about, like um, – it's not about quantity. It's about quality for the Bills. They're just filling each spot correctly. Diggs fills a massive, uh, you know, thing. You got Beasley coming over to slot. You got John Brown, who's a speed demon, like uh, low to deal with. Great season last year. Yeah. Uh, man, now you got Diggs in the mix. Josh Allen's getting better. The defense is elite. There's a lot to like about the Buffalo Bills. There really is. Totally agree. The defense has a billion pieces on it that can work. And I, I just think that Sean McDermott is the right guy to coach that team. It doesn't mean I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. But right now, if the Bills total, I have to see an updated, is still at eight and a half, I'm going over. They, they obviously have to play both West divisions this year. So that's a lot of tough teams on yeah, the schedule. Yeah. However, I think eight and a half is a little low for them. Uh, they're going to be battling for the division. Most people are going to have them favored to win the division. And listen, their schedule was a little easier last year as far as travel was concerned. But one thing, it'll be a little easier as well. Tom Brady's not there anymore. No kidding. And he, like he owned them as much as he owned anybody. He owned him as much as any any player has owned any team in any sport. Like 34 and 3. I know. It's it's, <laughs> it's incredible. It, it almost seems made up when Tom Brady's record against the Bills. But that's like he it. He played 20 years and lost three times. And... And really, they're kind of even shaded losses. Like, once he, he started, he didn't finish the game. Jimmy G came in, and he got credit for, like, the, the loss. Yeah. I think we beat him, like, 16 years ago once or something. <laughs> like, I don't even remember. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those type of deals. Like, I don't I remember even remember. Remember the lawyer Malloy game? The lawyer Malloy came over from the Pats to the Bills, and the, the Bills won that one. That was so long ago, I can't actually remember if Tom Brady was playing in it or not. Do you remember the one where Leonis McKelvin fumbled with like two minutes left? The I Bills, did. the Bills were like winning, and the pay was like four minutes left. They they punted to the Bills. It was like, all right, guys, get the ball, get a first down. They win. McKelvin fumbled the ball. 
Like, there, there's been, like, a lot of, you know, listen, there's been bad calls. There's been cheap shots. They knocked Allen out of the game. No excuses. But my point is, that's two losses that they always had. Yeah. At worst, they get a split now. Right, right. That's right, right. But, yeah, good a good job. Look, their offseason picture in total is what you have to look at. You can't look at the Bills draft weekend and say, oh, they only added five players. Like, well, yeah, they added Stephon Diggs. <laughs> they, they sacrificed a chance to get another 50-50 ball with a draft pick in the fourth round and this in the other rounds by getting Stephon Diggs. It's a well, huge move. Yeah. The, the key for the Buffalo Bills, they made the playoffs two of the last three years. We talked we talked about this on draft uh, night on Friday night. They need to get a home game. They can't go on the road. Get a home game. Get a, get a, get a bye, and they can make something. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Time decision continues. I am Gabriel Moranci. We're throwing it down with Mike Blewett, Sports Grid's uh, very own uh, Mike Blewett. As uh, we pick up the pieces following uh, the National Football League uh, draft, I asked you guys on Twitter at SportsRage, uh, what teams did you like uh, the most, and and what they did. We're getting a lot of feedback. And the Colts is a um, the Colts is yeah. a team that a lot of people are talking about. We talked uh, about Jacob Eason, perfect fit for Jacob Eason. And uh, and Indianapolis, you know, Easton was a type of guy I thought would land with a good football team. And it's funny how this stuff works out. A lot of like the, uh, you know, a word that I, I have been using uh, recently a lot, rubes. It's actually a pretty good word. So a lot of the rubes uh, out there, <laughs> they actually, I saw them like, oh, he's terrible. And, you know, he, he sucks. And there's a reason why he's fallen this far. And I said, well, you'll see. He's going to fall this far to a Super Bowl-winning team or to a, to a coach that's a quarterback guru and it knows. And bang. You know, I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were on the radar, potentially, for a Jacob Eason. Yeah. I, thought the New England, I thought the New England Patriots were the team. I thought that, you know, they figured, you know, maybe we could just sort of groom Eason a little bit here. But I'm in the minority. I think they actually do believe in Jared Stidham. Like, I know that everyone says it's smokescreen. I think they actually do believe and Jared Stidham enough to actually give him a chance. Uh, but Eastham is a nice fit for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not a big believer in um, I'm not a big believer in Phillip Rivers. So, but at least this way, look, if he plays well this year, he can play for another year, right? Two-year deal. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't play well this year, then whatever, you bite the bullet, and maybe Easton's your quarterback uh, moving forward. But other than that, I'm a big fan of uh, Jonathan Taylor. Great pickup. Nice one-two combo here, except unlike, and what's your take on this? You know, unlike Singletary and Moss, they sort of complement each other a bit. Mm -hmm. Like, Taylor, to me, is just so much better than Mac, right? Like, so it's like you didn't draft Taylor to complement Mac. It's almost like, look, dude, we just drafted a guy that's better than you. Although they are different. They are different style of runners as well. Great combo. And listen, you need run. You need a couple of backs. They've got a couple of backs now. Yeah, that's a full running back room right there. Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins in there as well. One through four. It's probably the deepest running back room in the entire league. I, I would submit. But the thing about drafting somebody like Jonathan Taylor in early in the second round, you don't really bring him in as a complimentary piece. He's your running back now. So. I don't know if that means they move on from Marlon Mack after this season. Uh, and you're right. They're not a full comp. They're not a complement to one another. Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins are the complementary pieces to a backfield. Taylor has fumble issues. He's obviously incredibly productive. What he did in school and during the workouts was really impressive. But you draft him to be your new running back. I think Mac is here for this year, and then you think about yeah. moving him for a piece, which doesn't you don't really get much for running backs these days. So it, it's probably really just uh, the successor to Mac more than anything else after this season. All right, a team that has uh, been uh, brought up, uh, and I know Puccio, uh, producer Pooch Puccio, um, likes what the Ravens uh, did as well. We're getting a lot of feedback about the Ravens, David Harrison uh, on Twitter. What up, David Harrison? 
Uh, let's talk about the Ravens a little bit. It's amazing yeah. that when we talk about the Vikings and just fundamentally sound, skilled, tough players, good players. It's funny how good teams draft good players, right? Mm-hmm. And and how they just sort of continue on. How is this, How are these teams always good? Well, it's because they always draft well. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, actually, the Baltimore Ravens are like free money in the preseason. Remember, I don't know if you remember this. We talked about this. Yeah, 17 in a row, right? Exactly. Why is that? They're deep. They're so, so in deep. the fourth quarter, even the guys that's not making their team are pretty good. Yeah. Right? So it's like, yeah, the guy's not going to make our team, but he'll make another team probably. And mm-hmm. like every guy they draft, every guy they invite to camp, there's no free passes. Everybody's good. Right? And, yes. you know, that's the Plus way they're they competing. Gabe, they're competing against the depth of that entire roster, which is making the guys that are about to be cut better players yeah, yeah. throughout the process. Yeah. Like they, they really just, they, they continuously bring in talented players. Patrick Queen, got to like the pick, knock it right. out of the park. J.K. Dobbins, got to like the pick, knock it out of the park. So what about that running back stuff? People were like, people were surprised by that I saw when it was taken. Oh, you know what? Um, they already have Mark Ingram. They have Gus Edwards. They have Justice Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Mark Ingram's not getting any younger. Yeah, I, Justice I love Mark Hill Ingram, but is, he's over know, 30 years old. Who's Justice Hill, bro? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, uh, and Gus Edwards, I know he was a cute, trendy fantasy guy for people for a little while, but let's be real. Uh, you bring in J.K. Dobbins, you got yourself a future back now. You know what I'm saying? He's he's that star back, and then you got everybody else moving forward. Ingram's still your guy now, but, you know, Dobbins is the future back there. Matabuke. Duvernay was a nice late uh, pick, I like too, that. I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Davis Maddock we had on during the broadcast. He really liked that of all the, you know, start, as we start to get into the mid-rounds, that was a guy that had over 100 catches, I believe, last year at, at uh, University of Texas. Um, that's a good pick. Matabuke is somebody that slid a little bit in the draft. But uh, to your point about deep teams you have the luxury of picking straight for need right uh and just to tweak the little holes in the roster they don't really have any holes offensively they throw another wide receiver in there to pair along with hollywood brown and miles boykin from last year they bring in a defensive tackle which is probably one of the holes that they had on the team they lost a couple of guys uh this year even though they brought in calais campbell uh, they lost some other guys in free agency. The Michael Brockers deal fell apart, and then they had traded Chris Wormley uh, intra-division to the Steelers. But Matabike can come along. He's a huge guy, could be uh, productive. And as you said, I, I think the Ravens absolutely are going to get a positive grade here because they got some good players to fill needs, and it was already a 14-win team. What do you think about uh, the Tennessee Titans with Isaiah Wilson, Christian, uh, Christian Fulton? That, you know... The fact that he fell as far as he did surprises me a little bit as well. I know we sure. had issues with the NCAA. And it's almost a crazy, like, curb your enthusiasm music type of thing, right? Like, yeah. I, what's the even what's the deal with that? Like, he he submitted someone else's urine. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look. But I, he thought he thought it was a recreational drug test, but he failed a PED steroid test. Like, and then he sued the end. Like, it's one of these, like, it's. It'll take 10 hours to unwrap this thing. Yeah. Right. But nevertheless, he's not a bad kid. And, you know, I said this, you know, notice on night one of the draft, Mike, Thursday night, it was all kids, great kids overcoming the odds. I lived lived (laughs) in his car, lived on the street. Parents got shot, grew up in a foster home. Siblings died, um, got stabbed in high school. (laughs) Like, you name it. Oh yeah, donated bone marrow to to a dying to a brother. Like you name it. It was like, man, every one of these kids. Like you should be proud of yourselves. By the time we got to late uh, Friday night, it was like, well, this guy fell due to an incident, right? Right. Like everybody, everybody had a great story Thursday. Friday was like, yeah, well, you know, he had a thing. Like he had an incident with uh, with a suspension. Yeah. Uh, there was an alleged. Uh, there was a diluted sample. Yeah, yeah, there was a test. He, uh, you know, he's suspended for a conduct unbecoming. Uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's so, why. That's why they're there. But listen, Fulton can play, bro. Fulton can play, and yeah. I, I like what Tennessee did too. 
what everybody about, in LSU can play a game. And Ten yeah. guys through the first yeah. three rounds. Yeah, but what about uh, what about bringing in Evans, the running back? Is that baffling? No, I don't think it is. Uh, we talked about it uh, during the broadcast. Uh, I think that you could have a situation here with Derrick Henry that might get uncomfortable, right? He's franchise tagged right now. I think they have every intention of letting him play under the tag, and then they'll figure it out from there. Now, does Derrick Henry want to come in on the tag? Melvin Gordon didn't want to do that. Other guy, Le'Veon Bell didn't want to do that. So uh, there were, I mean, Gordon wasn't tagged, but you understand what I'm saying, the the holdout scenario. So um, I think it could get uncomfortable. And they don't really have anybody behind Derrick Henry. Uh, Fluellen is there. I think Evans is a guy that people like during the draft process. So whether it was Henry's the 93rd there or not, pick, right? It's not yeah. as if though, yeah, it's not as if though it was a first a first round pick or anything. Listen, I've been critical of the of the Detroit Lions and how they've handled their business over the years. Um, I didn't like the firing of Jim Caldwell. I don't think the locker room liked the firing of Jim Caldwell. They've clearly regressed as a football team since the firing of Jim Caldwell. I don't like Matt Patricia. I question Bob Quinn as general manager, um, all of which I think every Detroit Lion fan uh, would agree with. Yet, I got to say, man, if you talk about teams that knocked it out of the park and got good football players, like if you would have told any team, if you would have told any team in the NFL before before the first couple of nights of the draft, Mike, that we're going to get Jeff Okuda and DeAndre Swift with our first two picks. You'd be thrilled. You'd say, no, we're not. Yeah. Ah, we trading up? What? No, we're not, right? Yep. Bing. Yep. You got Jeff Okuda, elite cornerback, great athlete, and DeAndre Swift, arguably the best back. You follow that up with a great edge rusher and uh, Aqua out of, out of Notre Dame. Jonah Jackson, a late steal, six foot four, 305 pounder. Yep. Kind of like what the Detroit Lions did. Yeah, pe- pedigree programs, right? Two Ohio State guys, yes, Georgia, sure. Notre Dame, and then Logan Sternberg, a guard out of Kentucky. Yep. And you have to piece this together, too, like I said. Now, I'm going to rattle off the amount of guys that the Lions signed this offseason. Geronimo Allison, depth linebacker. Jamie Collins on a three-year deal. Chase Daniel to back up. Matt Stafford traded for Deron Harmon, another Patriot. Uh, Miles Killebrew, J. Ron Curse, Reggie Ragland, Daryl Roberts, Danny Shelton, another Patriot, third one. Desmond Trufant, uh, uh, Big V, uh, Vitae, the tackle from Philly, which a lot of people think is an overpay, uh, yeah. but they needed a tackle. And then Nick Williams. They still have $31 million in cap space. What wow. you're seeing going on in Detroit is a massive churn of the roster. It is many wins, but they are Can not Can Patricia really coach them up? Because there's talent on this roster. It's a great question. It's and the look, most last important year, question. You, you, know, you just rattle off all these names. Dude, they stockpiled the defense last year coming into the year. The defensive Trey line. Trey Flowers, another Patriot from last year. Danny Amendola, another Patriot. It, it worries me that he's... Offensively, yeah. on Johnson, Matt, yeah. you know, um, you know, DeAndre Swift, Matt Stafford, uh, Kenny Galladay. There's, that, you know what I mean? They should be Marvin better Jones than they Jr. are. I agree. And Matt Stafford was playing well last year. The problem I have I think with their philosophy... With Stafford. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the problem I have... Uh, from a philosophical standpoint, is that um, while Matt Stafford was playing well last year, the previous year they were running the ball at a greater clip than any other team. Yeah. I, I don't want to play old-school football. It's 2020. Matt Stafford can sling it. Let's get him some more weapons. And by the way, all the receivers on the roster, the uh, are uh, their, co- their contracts are up after this season, so they're going to have to deal with that. And the cap space will be helpful to re-sign Kenny Galladay, who is a must sign they have to give him an extension well you know what i didn't hear anybody give uh, any references or a shout out to the late great al davis uh but i'm going to right now al davis um al davis right now wherever he is <laughs> uh, approves That's of what fair the re- point yeah yeah exactly it could be hotter say. than we expect yeah, I, I, didn't, I don't want to be mean but yeah I wasn't gonna say he's up there. I, I was not uh, bad of a guy. I was. I was gonna say I don't. Yeah, you're right. I he was a pain. He was a pain. You're in right. It's a good point. Like Al Davis, side, but he wasn't a bad person. Yeah, Al Davis isn't mean enough to be kept out of heaven, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he sued the NFL and like, all right, um, and he screwed over a bunch of cities and you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, players seem to like him for the most part. Okay, yeah. but all, all kidding aside, 
you know, there used to always be the joke when Al Davis was alive, right? Well, whatever. He's just going to take the fastest wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, that was the Raiders' way. Like, we're just taking the fastest wide receiver, and that, that's what we're going to do. And they went that route. Yeah. But it's amazing that Mike Mayock didn't hide it. He goes, it's no secret we need a wide receiver. Well, I, I, you think they're going to come back with this many wide receivers? You're yeah. talking about revamping a roster. So Henry Ruggs surprised me that he was the first receiver taken. And how about this? The odds makers did a great job, and the mock draft guys did a great job this year uh, with the over-under of the positions that players are going to be taken. Yeah. But they got the first player taken by position wrong across the board. True. DeAndre Andrew Swift Thomas, was like a big DeAndre favorite, Swift, minus 200, Henry minus Ruggs. 250. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't, uh, wasn't. Hilaire was the first running back taken. Andrew Thomas, who I brought up to be the first running back taken, a plus 700, uh, was it? It was Wills that ended up closing as the favorite. Yeah. Um, you know, across the board, each position, they ended up uh, getting that wrong. Uh, so Henry Ruggs goes first overall. They come back with, uh, with Arnett. And if you'll notice with the Raiders, you talk about pedigree programs. The Raiders are all in right now on this, bro. Clemson, sure. Alabama, Ohio State, SEC. Um, you know, uh, Bowden comes in here, one of the most versatile players. I, I would have liked him for the Bills. Just sort of a slasher. Guy comes yeah. in, does a little bit of everything. But I'm happy with the Bills draft the way it is. Moss fits our needs. I get it. Uh, but, damn, the Raiders got a lot of speed right now in flash. But what about the quarterback? Is it going to be Mariota? Uh, if you set me an over-under for Mariota at, like, four and a half, and I, I'm probably taking the over. I, I think he's going to get work this year. I don't think it's a secret that Mike Mayock really, really liked Marcus Mariota coming out of here and that the Raiders have an opportunity to be a second act. Now, the contract that they gave him isn't a huge commitment. It's basically a bunch of guaranteed money for this year. And if they don't like the way he looks in whatever time he gets, then they move on from him and probably from Carr. But your your point about their pedigree programs, they are 100% dedicated to it. Alabama, Ohio State, Kentucky, South Carolina, two Clemson guys. Hunter Renfro last year from Clemson. Uh, Clayland Farrell last year yes, from sir. Clemson. Josh yeah. Jacobs from Alabama. I mean, yeah. Jonathan Abram, another SEC guy. They want winners and well-coached players. Yeah, they're come. They're going. They're dipping into the ACC and the SEC, and that's probably where they're going to leave it. I can't say it's wrong right now, and they're not adding a ton of players uh, in draft weekend. But we know these names: Henry Ruggs, and Lynn Bowden, and Brian Edwards. They know that wide receiver room needs to be fixed, and Renfro and Tyrell Williams are pieces of it, but that's five guys that can play now, and they didn't have that a year ago. All right, so we've only got about uh, 15, 20 seconds left. Unfortunately, now we're back in the real world, and yep. the wondering begins, right? Are they going to play on time? Are they going to play in every city? I maintain, I think they're going to have to set up shop in Texas and Florida and sort of split it up. I don't think you can fly around. I don't think you can fly 32 teams around the country, but great talking football with sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com